In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, good morning. Please be seated if you're not seated already. Most of you are on the live stream, so I'm hoping that you're sitting in a recliner or on a couch already. I have been and am for a long time. I've been a Trekkie. Live long and prosper, reconcilers. I love all the Star Treks, particularly the ones from the late 80s and through the 90s to today's Star Trek spin-offs like Discovery and Picard. What drew me into the world of Trek was the crazy missions that they went on and something disastrous would always happen in each episode. These people never caught a break. There was always some sort of sun imploding or meteorite shower to avoid, a planet to save, or the ship was going to blow up. They never caught a moment of peace, which was ironically their mission. There's also an episode in most seasons where a blinding light comes in and just whirls them around into the past or the future through a wormhole or another phenomenon that we cannot explain to switch up the show's setting for a change. Due to a rule called the Temporal Prime Directive, they are not allowed to share with anyone what they have seen in another time, so they don't ruin the timeline. Each time an episode like this happens, the characters on the ship are bewildered by the light and cannot explain what has just happened, but find some sort of miraculous way to get back to the time and place where they are supposed to be, and then they write it down in their log or journal at the end of each episode. This blinding light moment that I have seen over and over again in the Star Trek universe could be my limited human experience of imagining what our disciples may have seen in our gospel from Mark today. We've been reading the first chapter of Mark in the last few weeks in our lectionary. Josh preached about two weeks ago about us not putting Jesus into a box, challenging us not to think that we have Jesus all figured out. And last week, Judy talked about the manifestation and revelation of the divine during our season of epiphany that we have just experienced these past few weeks in this liturgical season. For the last Sunday after epiphany, we fast forward about eight chapters in Mark's gospel to the story of the transfiguration. There was dazzling white light and figures from the past the disciples are feeling all sorts of things, namely terrified, as the Bible says in today's gospel story. When Jesus is transfigured, our box is shattered. Jesus has taken on a new role in front of our eyes. We have seen Jesus perform miracles, but this is the first time he physically changes in the eyes of the disciples. It was like a veil was pulled away and the disciples saw the true glory of God. It is challenging for us, mere mortals, to understand God's glory. This is not the only place 
that we are confused by God's glory in a visualization in this morning's readings. In our first reading today, from 2 Kings, Elijah was taken up into a chariot of fire and on horses of fire. Let's just pause right there for one second. If you have an imagination, and I hope you do, this is not exactly a comforting image. Chariots of fire, horses of fire, and then they ascend into heaven on a whirlwind, which I can only imagine is fire too, because a whirlwind of fire could be awesome. I'm just thinking about what George Lucas, J.J. Abrams, and the film crew in the back of Reconciliation could do with this for special effects in a movie. This would be a great scene to watch. I'd be mesmerized watching and stuffing my face full of popcorn. Another point of reference, reconcilers. Our psalm today talks about this image too. In the second verse of Psalm 50, God reveals himself in glory. A verse later, before him there is a consuming flame and round about him a raging storm. This definitely, again, takes God out of our box. And it does for me, too. The second reading alludes to this veil that we have over our eyes that prevents us from seeing God in all of God's glory, as Psalm 50 says. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, we hear Paul refer to this God of this world blinding unbelievers from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Let's sit with that verse for a second. The God of this world, blinding unbelievers from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Thinking about that statement, the God of this world, well, that could refer to the devil or evil agents or things that distract us or pull us away from God. Those things have blinded the unbelievers. Now, Concordance, which is a book that has different definitions of words that are in our Bible, kind of like a big church thesaurus, have translated the word unbelievers with faithless or doubt as well. So what pulls us away from God has caused doubt in our eyes. And that has kept us from participating in the fullness of God's glory. For me, sometimes the primary repetition of the words over and over again each week causes me to become complacent. There are times that I am no longer motivated to live into the fullness of God's glory. I become faithless because I am just repeating prayers and not praying them. What this change of liturgical season brings to us in this liturgical church is a refreshing wake-up call. Just like the whirlwind of fire from our first reading and the transfiguration from our gospel. It calls me to wake up. Wake up, James, and I echo to you, wake up, reconcilers. It's time for us to hang up our green 
and put on the purple. We have come to a conclusion of our epiphany season and called to recognize a time to refocus our attention on God, leaving any complacency behind. Let this change in season be like that change in setting in the new Star Trek episode, where they experience a great light and got thrown into a new place. Let us be thrown into this new place as our whole church color changes this Ash Wednesday and as a community of God, we recognize a new time. Here's another opportunity to take God out of the box, as Josh said a few weeks ago. And as Judy said this past Sunday, recognize the manifestation of God around us. And when it comes to talking about your experience with God and the divine, take my advice. Forget the temporal prime directive. Share the love of God and your renewed spirit with your family, your friends, and fellow Christians so they too can be renewed. By the way, this year we can take the Lent out of Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. I hope to see you all again in person very soon. God bless you all. Reconciliation in San Antonio. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.